Hey, Start Marketers, and welcome to the first hot seat of 2022, and actually the podcast in general, because this is the first time I'm doing it. And I am so pumped for it. Someone in a networking group gave me this idea, and I'm totally taking it and running with it, because who who doesn't love giving marketing advice? Like, this is the best part of hosting a podcast, honestly, is... You just kind of get to give your hot takes and people listen to it. So today I am joined by a friend of mine, Jeremy Allen. He owns No BS Branding. And then Jeremy, tell us, because you also, you're in the process of building No BS Branding. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about your your full-time job that you have in addition. Yeah, um, as well as starting up over the last year, uh, this branding uh, design agency. Um, I've been working with a franchising corporation uh, as their creative director, creative um, coordinator. And um, so really uh, just been helping grow that brand over the last three or four years. Um, and uh, it just recently going through a buyout and being able to work with a marketing team of 30, 40 people where everyone has specific roles and kind of learning and seeing all the little pieces of what it takes to operate a, a billion dollar company. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my full-time role and I'm, I'm just using the knowledge I gained from there and what I'm learning on my own and, uh, crossbreeding the two, honestly. Yeah, for sure. It's a super smart way to go about it. And I think something that I feel like I learned a lot over the past two years is that people, Regardless of kind of what your experience is, people always like to see that you have before you went out on your own that you actually did like branding somewhere else. Like your experience really does matter. And I think that's something that you really have to be able to kind of highlight and say like, I've done this before and here's how I did it. Because otherwise people are just like, I don't know, would you walk off the street? For whatever reason, I feel like branding in particular, people really do care about the experience and the reputation and the names that you have behind you. I don't know. I don't know if you found that at all as you've kind of started out, but that's my yeah. experience. Yeah. And, and I have, um, and instead of kind of my approach was, I mean, I, I was learning a good bit from what I was doing in the franchising world as far as like kind of their procedures and operations and things like that. Um, but the brand had kind of already been established and we were just kind of running a playbook, if you will. Uh, so I found it kind of necessary for myself, um, my background as a graphic designer, that was my degree, um, and being, and doing this through various industries over the last 20 years that I really was a generalist and I needed a focus on one specific mm -hmm. design, uh, area. And so branding and logo design was kind of something I always enjoyed. Um, and so really just doing focusing on branding and then being part of this networking group you mentioned uh, being able to just to help um, other small businesses um, kind of establish their brand and their brand strategy and really going through that exploratory process with them so um, I've I've been able to help five or six to a handful of small businesses so far and each one's obviously a little bit different and so it does um, help to have some of those testimonials from those actual small businesses that you've helped mm -hmm. um, to kind of like give you street cred, if you will. Um, yeah. Is yeah. To, hey, uh, this is how I've helped this company along. Um, and I think that this could be a value to yours as well. Yeah. And I think 
I think something if you aren't using it already, and we, we're we're gonna dive into like specific questions here in a second, right. but what you just said reminded me if you're not already using like the results that you've gotten with like your corporate experience to say like, hey, you know, here's where we started, here's the process we went through, and here are like the results we got from it. Yeah. That's a huge thing because I think something that people struggle with, I found, especially with branding, because it feels so um ethereal. Ethe- yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like this intangible. People don't necessarily understand what they're going to get out of it necessarily. They think of it like a logo and some aesthetics, mm-hmm. but it like there's so much more to branding yes. than a logo and like your graphic identity, even mm-hmm. though that's, you know, that's the that's the dressing that everybody sees, right? It's the frosting yeah. on the cake. And so I think being able to say, here's what this, like how a brand changed, like here's the impact it had. We went from you know, maybe being this size to this size, mm-hmm. or we grew by this percentage, that seems to be like the putting the numbers to it. People are like, oh, okay, I guess I can, I'm, I'm starting to see now maybe why it's not just the aesthetics that I have to care about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the big mysteries, I guess, are the chases that I've seen in, in a lot of writings, you can probably Google it. It's the ROI of design. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there, I've seen some very academic papers that really can say, okay, here's the ROI of design. Um, but it's part of my namesake, the no BS branding. It's one thing that I wanted to be able to take some of the academic stuff and really like simplify it. Um, yeah. Donald Miller does the story brand um, framework. And that's one of the things his, is his main message. If you confuse, you lose. So that's been part of my growing process as well is just really mm-hmm. taking all the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which most people could care less about and figure out <laughs> what, like, how can I put this in a simplest form so that my client can understand that this is something that is of value and something that you do definitely need to consider um, right. when you, uh, launch a business. Um, I mean, but the big RO I designed and like, if someone is starting something up and they're really trying to build something, um, brand equity, that's something that I, with this buyout that I was able to, um, learn a little bit about is that there is when a company buys another, when there's a merger or a buyout, um, there is an equity that comes with, um, that brand that they buy and it holds an inherent value. It may not be specifically monetary, but in some cases it is like there is like the equity of Apple is probably I, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what the number. I'm sure yeah. there's numbers out there you can Google, but um, well, it's making Warren Buffett richer. I just read an article about that yesterday. And if Warren Buffett can get richer off of Apple, <laughs> certainly right. there's and, some brand equity there. Yeah, there is. And and, and it's like, I think, I think it was, um, uh, Bezos that said this, I'm bad about quoting, misquoting people, but, um, it's, a brand is not what it's a brand is what people say about you when you're not in. The room. Mm-hmm. And, and so that equity that comes along with that, what if people good, bad, or indifferent as far as what I personally think about Apple, there's an inherent value to just being Apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So, Jeremy and I obviously align on branding here because 
we we could just we could just have a branding episode in in general, which we will do later on in the season. <laughs> so yeah. so we'll save the the brand interview for another time. But tell me, when I offered out the opportunity for a coaching session, you raised your hand. I was surprised because I was like, Jeremy, like we work together on like you're helping me with my graphic identity. We've had brand conversations where you've clarified things for me. So what brings you to the Start Marketing Podcast? What can I help you well, with? Well, yeah, no, I mean, there is that age old tell of branding versus marketing, which I don't like the versus component of it. But for, for argument's sake, there's always been the chicken before the egg, the cart before the horse, the, all that kind of kind of stuff. Um, which one is more important? In, in my opinion, I think they're both valuable. But as you said, the visual identity is kind of my... Uh, background and that's where I come from. Uh, the strategy, the business component side of it is something that I've just really honed in on the last year or so. Um, and the marketing, I've, I, I, I'm dangerous in the marketing area. I know all the things that I need to do, mm-hmm. but even as far as like with branding, uh, I often refer to myself as the cobbler with no shoes. I, yeah. I launched the website and I launched, I got a logo up there. It was good enough. And, but I have yet to even perform my own process on myself. Um, sure. I mean, I've even contemplated hiring my mentor to um, run it on me, but I just don't, I can't afford him. Um, <laughs> Cause it's about, he's, he's in the uh, five figure range uh, to run okay. brand yeah. strategies. Um so anyway, uh, but yeah, and then learning the marketing side of things, it's just sure. really just taking a step back, aligning myself with somebody like you who has more extensive marketing um, mm-hmm. knowledge. Um, one of the things that, um, because you mentioned earlier that we are working together on some things, you sent me more information than I've ever received from a client before as far as the thoughts and the things behind your brand, uh, your personas, and your like, your, you've already mapped out what the opposition uh, could even say, which I've found just, it's one of those things you hear and you read about, but just like a story brand, I can almost guarantee you 75% of the people who may or may not listen to this call have read story brand, but they're not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Same here. I'm not doing, I know all the things for marketing. I know how to do drip campaigns. I know how to work in Fusionsoft or Keep or, and cloud-based software, CRMs, all that, but I just don't. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, I, I mean, let's be honest. I feel like any creative is a cobbler with no shoes. Like anybody, I, I would say the same thing about me. I think, you know, when it comes to things like that, even sometimes with my marketing strategy, I get a little haphazard because I'm like, I know all the things. And then I get distracted by the things and mm-hmm. just focusing on the things. Um, you know, I've talked to other podcasters who are like, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have my own podcast, but I'm teaching people, you know, I've, I've done it. I work in podcasting. I teach people about it all the time, but I don't have one myself yet, yeah. you know? So I feel like that is an easy place to find yourself, especially as a creative. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like the branding side of things, and I was reading it. So if if you're listening to this, I made Jeremy like fill out a little form. So I was sort of prepared for this call and I didn't come in with zero thoughts for him. Um, And you said some, I asked a question if you had personas and you're like, no, (laughs) but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So I would actually, 
I would say before we dive into the marketing portion of it, like what is, what is the strategy for you on the brand side of things? Because to me, you have to have that foundation in order to make any decisions about your marketing. That is my position. You talk of these people who like put branding and marketing in opposition and it blows my mind. (laughs) I don't know who that, I don't know why, why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I just, the persona side of things is like, and the funny thing is, is I've done the personas for my uh, W2 job. Um, mm-hmm. I've created personas for three different um, groups. Um, so in my head, I could probably walk you through some ideas of, of who I considered. I mean, I know I put down on that piece of paper that my dream is to help small bi- bring big branding to small businesses. And so it's even small businesses is broad and, um, I'm still even niching down further from small businesses because I've helped real estate agents, um, real estate groups, um, financial advisors, uh, different mastermind groups, uh, various kinds. Uh, A lot of it to do with like holistic healing and mental health or mental mindsets. Um, So I don't know. And then that's uh, that's kind of where I'm still like just growing taking it one time, one client at a time and kind of growing and seeing if there is a niche that I want to focus on. Cause I know yeah. as part of the the group that we're in, one of the things um, Vincent and, uh, has, that leads the group has told me is basically just find, like, just be good at really, really good at like holistic or mindset or real estate or whatever the case may be and be that guy, be that expert. Um, but it, and that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm still in explored even a year in exploring who, who it is that I, I want to work with. I've had some really good clients. Um, yeah. I've, I've been fortunate um, in, in that case, but um, yeah, no, it, that's why it's, I think it's hard for me to nail down a persona because I can, because I work men and women, so I could have either one of those. Sure. Um, I, so I, I've gone through this and I, I've, I've gone through it again recently, even when I sent you my personas to help with the graphic identity we're building, I was like, I don't even know if these are the right ones because, you know, like I started and I was going to focus on just small businesses. And then I started getting a lot of calls from small marketing teams Mm -hmm. who were like, Hey, we like, you've done this. We need, we need your help. And, you know, so I feel like I've sort of whiplashed around, but you know, my, my podcast focuses on small businesses. One of the things I think I've learned and I would encourage you to think about trying when it comes to like choosing a niche. I tried for a very long time not to be a financial marketer and not to help. Like I didn't, I just didn't want to touch it. I was done with it when I left the corporate world Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to touch financial marketing and and, and I'm just a really good financial marketer. And those are the, those are the clients who find me. So I would consider you know, maybe seeking out, especially as you're like starting to build, it doesn't mean you have to stay there forever, but maybe staying tangent to the industry that you're currently in. Is, is it, remind me, is it a cleaning? Yeah, it's a cleaning, industry, fran- right? yeah, a cleaning franchise. Um, maybe finding industries that are tangent to that, because mm-hmm. I found that was kind of the best way for me to really like hone in on my message and kind of understand is when I played tangent to an area where I was really confident and where I was really comfortable. And yeah. so that would be, that'd be something to consider it. And it doesn't have to be the only niche, right? It could just be one 
or something to start out to kind of like get get things going and then you can kind of grow out of it and, or away from it if that's your goal. Yeah, no, what's interesting in that and I know when I was kind of going through niching exercises and and some other work I was doing last year um that a lot of times we tend to focus on like oh on financial or health or these segments instead of other af- uh I guess you could say facets of the business. And one thing that when you were talking, it kind of stood out to me, not necessarily in the cleaning industry, but the fact that we went through a buyout and we were growing from a $20 million business. And now we in a year going to 40 and now we're rebranding or redoing a brand refresh. And so being able to take businesses from the current state and to the next level I think is maybe a niche with inside of my experience more yeah, so than yeah. my job um, that I, I, I'm kind of gravitating towards um, since I'm yeah. in the midst of that. And that's to your point, you said you've aligned with other marketing agencies um, or other, other was it agencies or marketing people that you yeah, found other- yourself? Yeah. Other marketers who are other like, I, I want to know, I want to know, like, how yeah. do you do that? And so, and, and I've been approached, I've had a couple opportunities working with marketing agencies, like local brick and mortar marketing agencies and taking some of their um, legacy clients or some of their clients sure. they've had for several years and then doing a brand refresh on them. Um, because most, most of the marketing agencies, don't go as deep as say somebody is specifically in branding go they go mm-hmm. they go deep enough to where you can get good stuff and yep. that's why I'm yep. not discounting that um, but even I've worked for my neighbor who is a full-time marketing director and uh, yeah he he asked really good questions but they're just slightly different and sure. the results mm-hmm. aren't as in-depth um, yeah as some of the stuff that I found that I'm learning and that I'm growing um, with some of the guys that are teaching me brand strategy and whatnot. Yeah. I, so I think you're right on. And so my, my bigger point here is I would, I would seriously think about, and I would say like create some personas, even if they're Mm -hmm. not like they're going to grow, they're going to change. Um, you know, as you find what you like to do, what comes naturally to yeah. you, you know, and you figure out how you want to kind of meld the two of those together. But I would say creating those personas and really understanding who you want to go after from the brand side is going to tighten all of that up. And it's going to make you, it's going to give you the ability to make really informed marketing decisions mm. because without really understanding who exactly you want to target, like your marketing is going to be all over the place. Yeah. When you when you build a marketing strategy, you really have to start with that target audience because that's going to like that'll inform your channels, right? So if you are if you are talking to maybe brands that are a little bit more established, maybe they've been around 10 or 15 years and they are looking to kind of go to that next level. You might find them in a totally different like you might find them on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and not on Instagram, for right. example, or, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't know, I think you can find almost anybody on TikTok, apparently, you might be able to find CEOs on TikTok, I have no idea. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, but it that's kind of, that's kind of who you got to kind of understand who you want to go after. And then it's also going to help you 
figure out like what your messaging is going to be. Because if you if you don't have that in, in place, when you put your marketing together, marketing is all about getting in front of the right people at the right time with the right message. Like that's what makes marketing successful. It's not it's not necessarily your budget. It's not necessarily the content. I shouldn't say that. It's not how fancy your content is. Right. It's whether or not it's going to resonate with them. Yeah. So before you before you dive into any sort of like investment in marketing, whether it's time or money, understanding those personas and having those it, for nothing else, at least it gives you some guardrails, right? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, I agree and appreciate that for sure. And I think even uh, I put in the questionnaire is that like I'm whether it's an excuse or not, but like I know what the power of marketing can do and I'm somewhat trigger shy, if you will, because of possible growth. I know it sounds dumb to say that I don't want to grow, but having a full-time job and also taking care of my family, I'm, I'm very cognizant of the amount of time. And I, and I know, Mm -hmm. I channel my inner Vincent and saying, if I just quit my job, then I could focus more on my <laughs> business. Um, but right now, I think I'm in a unique position where running parallel um, is 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 a good play for me right now. And I'm just still you know what? figuring if it, it out. If it makes you feel better. So I, it's funny because you are voicing my inner, inner monologue this afternoon. <laughs> um I had a really fantastic call for like a partnership that I worked really hard to negotiate in the last quarter of, of 2021. And I I was talking to, I had the podcast interview this afternoon to, for the announcement. And the lady was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get you connected with this guy. I think she can like send so many clients her way. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like the, like the lid is going to blow off of this thing. And I don't know if I've got the time to take all of these clients Mm -hmm. because listeners, if you, if like you remember, I, I started out by necessity (laughs) being an entrepreneur. And then I found this really amazing full-time gig. And so I do start marketing and I do consulting on the side now, which is perfect. And I will say I am super happy and I would not change going back to having a full-time gig because when I was in it out of necessity, my creativity was zero. I was so stressed about all the other stuff, not having a book of business that like I I couldn't turn out any creative projects. It was horrible. Like I, I was, I was so terrified. So if that gives you any comfort about like staying in your full-time job while you get this going, I, that would be my takeaway. I, I think it's a great thing and I think it'll be better in the long run. Yeah, anyway. no, I, I feel in my spirit that this is, is the right place to be um, at this season of my life. And uh, yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, I've even had that conversation. I've, the company I work for is, they're they're amazing, honestly. I love the coworkers, um, and they actually support me in this um, solopreneur kind of endeavor. And um, that's that's part of their dream for me, even is to see me be successful. Sure. And so that's they're cool. they're behind me, and they they give me um, some wiggle room to be able to do that as well. Yeah, because um, they know that it all comes back full circle. I mean, the, the value that I'm learning on my own, trying to start my own business, I can only grow from. And that makes me a better employee, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So on the marketing side of things, yep. what 
what do you feel like you are struggling with the most? Is it the lack <laughs> of marketing? Period. Okay, Zero. I mean that's that's fair. Um, yeah. But it's that. So it sounds like you know the things you can do. Yeah. Right. Like you. You you know how to set up an email list, like you know how to build an email list. Yep. Um, you know you know how to find your target audience. Like, so is it is it more so like deciding the strategies you want to use? Is it understanding like how you want to? Is it bringing your brand into the marketing? Like what? So it's bringing my brand into marketing not so much because part of like if i just did my own work on myself then that would kind of fall into place but i think um yeah right now i just it's a little bit of hesitancy because i'm still finding my voice but i know if i just the way i find my voice is to just do it like Mm -hmm. that that's been my that's been my struggle as a creative i can i can sit in my head all day long um, but the, the lips to pencil tips and actually like fingertips to blog posts and, right. and league magnets and all that kind of stuff. I, um, it's, I just, it's literally probably just sitting down and mapping out a plan. Like, honestly, I probably need to spend a couple of weeks on myself at some point and really yeah. say, pick one or two simple things that I can do and move forward with and still be able to manage, um, so what about so so you mentioned that you have marketing agencies that are willing to offboard clients to you which I think is I that is that is huge and I think if I were it was a strategy that I was pursuing and I was having some good it takes a while to establish those relationships mm-hmm. but I think it's a super smart marketing strategy for you to focus on building that agency network because those people will get clients all the time. So they might have some legacy that they offboard, like they are now, but then also clients that come to them who aren't able to pay an agency fee mm-hmm. and work in an agency. Yeah. If they have someone reputable that they can say like, Hey, you know, we are not a good fit budget wise. This is, you know, a lot of agencies will be like, Hey, we've got a 50k minimum investment in branding and there's going to be obviously small business owners like that's not always realistic and so if they can say like hey but we've got some other some other people here or we've got this one guy in particular who does great work I think that would be a huge a huge win so my advice and it's going to sound a little bit like a hybrid of the advice Vincent is always giving right but also from experience is to really like focus on those agency relationships and how you can like cultivate those and kind of keep yourself in front of in front of them yeah and something else that I tried that I did too that got a great response that might work for you as well is sometimes just to kind of like flex my creative muscle and to be able to like kind of show my chops to the agencies that I was interested in. Like I would real estate agents like do these little leave behind gifts all the time. So I would take that concept and then I'd like put a super creative spin on it, like a little creative campaign. And that would kind of be my outreach for like the quarter or something like that. And it did a lot. It was a great strategy to get me in front of people and and they would, they would like, they'd occasionally throw, it didn't happen super often. It happens less often now that I'm not staying in front of them, but like they'd funnel me people and say like, Hey, this, this isn't a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. They're just not prepared for like the agency world, 
but you would be a great step to help them understand and to like get the ball rolling for them so they can get to a point where yeah. down the road if they want to invest. No, that's good. So I think that's a great marketing strategy. And then um, if you are worried about blowing the lid off of things, have you considered like, do you do workshops? Do you teach workshops or do like presentations? Yeah, I mean, I've done a little bit of the presentation side of things, nothing too extensive, um, just some small presentations. Um, workshops, not so much. Um, that's something that I've considered. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I take that back. Part of when someone hires me, part of what I do is workshop or yep. workshopping. So I go through several different types of workshops. One is for the, the visual language and one is for the actual language language mm -hmm. uh, for the brand. And uh, we go through those. So I've, I've been toying with the idea um, of creating modules or different like, okay, if you just want to workshop some ideas, this will be this much. And it's like, if you want the full thing, it's this. If you want just the visual side of things like we're doing, mm -hmm. um, it's this. Or And then, so anyway, I, I'm still kind of experimenting with, is there a way this. to meet small business owners where they need to be met? I mean, because like you said, sometimes uh, like the mentor that I that's teaching me uh, strategies, I mean, he works for a company and they charge $200,000 or slightly under that. Um, but on his personal side, he goes from fifteen to 25000 And then me, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like a little bit tiered. But I'm also kind of like exploring like, okay, can I offer just certain bits and pieces? Um, and that's the struggle for me because right now it's a holistic start to finish kind of deal. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, can these be broken into components to be able sure. to offer as workshops? So, um, I think you could try um, going like working with like your local chamber of commerce um, and any, any sort of like small business organization or like nonprofit type thing that maybe supports small businesses mm -hmm. or if it's like a networking group, um, sometimes even co-working spaces will have like people come in where the, it's sort of a perk of being a member of the co-working space um, where they bring in experts to kind of like do live workshops or Q and A's or something like that. So until you're ready to really like explode and bring on a lot of clients, something that you could consider doing where maybe you pick up, you know, kind of here and there, and it's maybe a little bit slower is doing some of those, like reaching out and saying like, Hey, can I do, can I be a speaker at your lunch and learn or something mm -hmm. this yeah, month? And just, and just kind of talking through, because that will also help you learn your message as you go. Yeah. True. Right. And it gives you, it gives you the opportunity to just kind of like, I, for the first year, like I, I literally gave the same talk over and over and over and over again. I was sick of hearing myself talk about it, but people are always like, oh my gosh, this, and spoiler, it's the same call that I hosted in November for the Total Life Freedom Mastermind yeah. about how to build a marketing plan. You know, so I got tired of talking about how to build a marketing plan. And I was like, I don't know what this is getting me, but every time I hosted that workshop, somebody came to me afterwards and was like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. Like, I've got some questions. They didn't always materialize into like a paid client. But even if I was like, cool, well, it doesn't sound like you're ready to maybe commit to a package, but mm -hmm. you know, you could be like maybe just a quick little power hour with me or something and yeah, people would take advantage idea. of that. I like that. 
So that might be a good when it comes to branding, I think you have to spend, ironically, a lot of time building brand awareness <laughs> before you yeah. ever get to the point where you're bringing a lot of clients on. So yeah. that would actually be like, if I were you, I would focus my strategy right now while you're in the position where you don't have to be bringing on clients super regularly. You've got some flexibility. I would focus on strategies that can get you brand awareness. So like, speaking at those chamber events or maybe hosting a little workshop or something like that, um, you know, going in and asking them like, hey, is this something that you you have a need for? Can I get on your schedule? You know, and, and then it's Jeremy, I'm the creative director here and the owner of No BS Branding, you know, like, or however you present that. But people start, like, it kind of builds your street cred when they're like, oh, he does this in his, you know, somebody pays him. So clearly he's good at it. Right. And then, you know, he also, he's, he's doing this and he's building this business. So that might be some, you know, an option, an option to yeah, explore no, there. I think that's really good. And, and it also speaks to part of what I've been learning as well is that there's an educational component um, that goes with this. Um, part of the process that I've, that I'm, I'm learning through my mentorship is um, that it's about incremental buy-in. Uh, so often in the design world, we are taught, um, basically, you've got to come up with all this BS language. This, as my design teacher taught me, he's like, you got to earn your BS degree before you earn your BFA. And that went into the fact of like, oh, you got to BS the reason why you chose to do this and that, justify your design and all that. And what I'm finding out is it's, it's not necessarily all about justifying your design, but I'm, I'm designing for a client. I'm not designing for me. Now, sure, my creativity and, and whatnot comes into play the way I think about certain solutions uh, to a particular problem um, is, is basically to go through the exploration with the client. So it's their choices each step of the way, along with your guidance, because you're just a guide at that point. Um, and it, when you get to the final product, you're both in agreement. You're in agreement every step of the way. And if there is a disagreement, if there's a misstep between the designer and the client, then we adjust at that point. Instead of waiting six weeks till I show you something and then it's like, oh, well, that's, I don't like that. Or that's yeah. not what I expected. So you yeah. set an expectation, you're managed. So the teaching component is huge. Going out and talking more about it, being articulate about it um, is definitely, uh, I agree 100%. And I, and I think too, it will help you because what I found, what I found with branding, especially with small business owners, because they're like, they just think of it as something like super fluffy and it, it's really not. There is so much strategy that goes into it. Like you, you really do have to teach them and you really have to be able to take the intangible benefits of branding and put it into something that they understand to, yeah. to be able to, to be able to articulate the ROI of the design of the brand. And so I think going out and focusing on just creating more brand awareness for yourself as like a creative director and as a brand expert is going to help you tighten up your brand side, which is going to help you make better decisions when it comes to your marketing strategies. And I, in and, and I like these strategies, right? Because they're, free. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't cost you anything but your time to go and give a presentation. 
and, or to host a workshop or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it's something that, you know, you know, the marketing things you can do with it. You can take that and you can turn it into a lead magnet and you can, you can start growing an email list, um, if that's what you want to do. But I think starting, starting there and, you know, maybe you do have something I, I did try when I was speaking, I think it was really, it, it was pretty difficult speaking, but, um, that being said, I think it was also kind of bad at understanding like what kind of lead magnet magnet maybe, but yeah. I did always try to have something available for the people who listen to me speak to, to try to funnel them onto my email list. So yeah, yeah just to, to have that information that you can capture your audiences with for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I like, I even like the idea of opposition. If I went and spoke, I, w I want to encounter opposition to why I think like you, you, you clearly did in your, um, your list is basically is like, what, what things are people going to say? Not negatively, but yeah. What are they going to object? Why? What are they, yeah. What are the yeah. objections? And, yeah. and, and, and I think that's why marketing branding kind of, kind of, or this am amalgamous, I guess you could say type situation. I mean, cause they're both equal in value. Uh, they're almost the same thing, but they do two different things. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and one's a how and one's a why. Um, and, but um, I kind of lost my train of thought on that one. No, you're, to you're totally fine. I, I would agree. Like understanding what objections are going to be out there. It yeah. all, it all just really comes back to like how, how tight is my messaging? Because it, it just has to be so locked up when you're going in as a brand expert. It's, it's hard to go in as a brand expert, I think, because people either want to work with like the agencies who do big brands mm -hmm. because they, they get it and they're like, oh, I see that you work with big brands and I want that for me. And they think that that's the only way they can great, get great branding, which mm -hmm. is definitely not true. Absolutely. Or they're like on the other side where it's like, I don't even think I need a brand. Like it's like I'm I, doing this amount of money each <laughs> month and I don't have a logo or I don't have. Yeah. I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I need any of this stuff. Yeah. My customers don't care if my logo looks like it's from 1998 right, or the fact right. that my website isn't, isn't responsive and they can't pull it up on their cell phone, you know, yeah. like. And so, I don't know, wherever those like middle ground people are, you know, they're hard to find. And so I think, I think focusing on like really, you know, figuring out what that messaging is so, and, and knowing who you want to talk to. So mm -hmm. you can just kind of narrow your focus and then like use, use like the free strategies, like set up a Google My Business if you don't have a Google My Business or a Google Business Profile, whatever they're yeah. calling it today. Um, you know, something like that. Um, have you ever thought of using Pinterest? I'm a huge fan of Pinterest. I have considered it. Um, it came about when I was like part of the exploratory process with each brand I do is kind of personalities. Like we go through a questionnaire and define certain personalities and certain personalities have a, a visual aesthetic, if you will, uh, that exists in the world. And just like language, like we speak in the world with our mouths, there's a visual language. Um, and, mm -hmm. and that in some cases is 
slightly more important because the first thing you're going to do is see. And for those of us that can see, that's the first thing you're, you're going to ingest something with your eyes. And so I put together boards on Pinterest that speak to elegance or calm or um, whatever the personalities are. So I have used it in that sense, but I've not used it. I've not flipped the lid. I've created it on a business platform. So I sure. at least did that, but I haven't necessarily put my own work up there and, or used it as a marketing tool. Uh, yeah. But it's been more of uh, a resource. Sure. So I would, I would encourage you look at the Tailwind app. Okay. Tailwind makes, and, and I think like branding experts have like our perfect for Pinterest, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody who has like a, you know, who has a visual, anything aesthetic, um, is perfect for Pinterest and Tailwind it's $10 a month and it's the best $10 a month you will spend as long as you're actually using it. Right. Um, like don't do what I do and like pay for it and then don't use it, um, consistently that's changed, but, um, they make it super easy. And so what I like about Pinterest is that you don't, it is the best social media platform for small businesses and entrepreneurs hmm. because you don't have to fight an algorithm like you do on all of the other ones. Hmm. And you can get you can get incredible reach without having a lot of followers. I have 12 followers on Pinterest and I have pins that have like over 500,000 repins on them. Wow. And like, so Pinterest, I think, in specifically through the Tailwind app, would make it really easy for you to put to to drive traffic to your website. So that would kind of be where I would I would focus. I don't want to call it the SEO game because it's really it's not actually SEO, right, right. but you know, in lieu of paying for SEO, which yeah. I definitely would not do <laughs> until like you're super sure about everything else, speaking from experience. Otherwise, it feels like a giant waste of money. Yeah. Um, but Pinterest is, I think, would be perfect for you. Yeah, it's a good and organic go- strategy. Yeah. And going yeah. through Tailwind, they give you like you can you can join these things called communities, which are other business owners on Pinterest who are using Tailwind. And like, so you could sign up for like a graphic design one. You could sign up for a small business owner one. Um, you know, like I, like I belong to some women business owner ones, but the thing is, is you can push your pins into those groups. And so the thing about Pinterest is they want to see you posting 10 pins a day. They want five of them to be yours. They don't, you know, and the other five could be like reputable, sort like reputable pins from other people. So I always go in and when I don't have enough pins for the day, I'm going into those communities Mm -hmm. and I'm sharing out of those communities. And so that's how you get a ton of reach out of Pinterest without having to have a ton of followers. That's good. And, and they have this fantastic little pin creator studio. It's, it's very similar to Canva, except in this regard, it's better you sort of, you plug in your like brand colors and everything and you say, I like using pictures or I like using iconography and the pin creator studio automatically generates pin designed pins that you just have to select. And then you go in and you put the title and you put the description and all of that stuff. And like Tailwind lets you pin a pin to multiple boards. It helps you. So if you've got like, um, 
maybe you have like evergreen content that comes around at a certain time every year. Yeah. It automatically, you can tell it to like always pin it back to those boards at that certain time of year. So it really very seamlessly and for very inexpensive helps you like, like get, so you could, you could use it either for list building or for traffic back to your website. Or both. Or both. I was going to say, or both. Yeah. <laughs> or, or both. Yeah. Um, so I would, if I, if I were doing it, where I would focus is creating that brand awareness. That would be my, my number one marketing strategy is those workshops, podcast gigs, whatever, whatever you want to do, speaking about it. Yes. So you like nail down that message. Um, I would make sure that you nail those personas down. And then I would focus on, I would focus on Pinterest and use it to drive traffic to your site and to your email list. And then with your, you know, with your email list, you can send out, take whatever you're talking about with the client that week or take something that you learned from work that week and like put it into an email and put it out there, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't think your email strategy has to be like, you don't have to have a fully automated drip campaign designed because I don't, I don't think you need it right off the bat. No, no, I agree with you. And, um, and it, but this is how my brain works. As soon as you started saying the Pinterest, I just was like, Oh, I can pick my niches or my four different segments that I wanted to write certain blog posts. And now I could segment different lead magnets through Pinterest and see mm-hmm. which one gets the most traction to see who I need yeah. to double down on maybe. Yeah. Even, so. And that's, um, the thing with like Pinterest too, that's super, I could do, I'm going to do a whole episode. I could do a whole episode I have on Pinterest. Like you can AB test it. So even to kind of discover like, hey, do people respond better to my content when I put a picture versus just like a graphic design, like all of that kind of stuff. It's so easy to experiment with that on Pinterest. And like, you're not losing, you're not losing anything like you are when you're A-B testing in other places and things like that. So that's good. Smart. That's, that's where I would, I would focus my time and energy and those things are relatively inexpensive or free. And then. I don't know if you knew this about Google My Business or Google Business Profiles, mm-hmm. um, but they, I know you probably know they're good for SEO. Did you know if you, when you have somebody who reviews you, it actually boosts your SEO when you go back and respond with like the keywords that you want to be known for. Okay. So like if I went and I reviewed you and I was like, hey, thanks so much for like the great work that you did. It turned out amazing and everybody on my team loves it. If you came back and you responded and you were like, hey, Caitlin, it was really great uh, creating a graphic identity for your new business. I really enjoyed the process of selecting a logo and refining your color palette. And you kind of like listed out what we did. Mm -hmm. Those are all keywords that like Google counts towards your SEO juice. Nice. That's good. So that would be That'd be the other thing I would do is, I mean, again, a little bonus, a little, a little bonus, but, yeah. you know, no, I like, like that. It's good. And it's, it goes back to the street cred. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'd focus my time and energy to start. There's a, there's a ton of things you could do. And like, obviously we could, we could have a totally different conversation around paid strategies, but I feel like right now for the space that you're in, like that's, that's where I'd focus my time and energy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good All stuff. Right. What other questions, any other questions we, ha- I mean, we could cover, we could continue covering ground, but. Yeah, no, I mean, again, <laughs> I could talk for hours on this subject. And I don't know you could too, um, but no, I, th- I think those are all easy enough to um, kind of, um, I've already 
kind of mapping things out in my head just for me to sit down and make a good, um, a good little plan, a small, it's yeah. not a, it's not too overwhelming either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would, I would do that and run the process on yourself. Like take, yeah. take two weeks and run the process on yourself. Right. Like yeah. I need to do it. You, you, you need to do it. And I think it'll get you like super energized once you like, when you do it, I know when I always put my marketing plan together, I'm like, yes, I'm so pumped to do marketing plans. And it always like reinvigorates me to do it for other people yeah. too. So yeah, that's good. That's what, that's what I would say. Run the process on yourself and like force yourself to do that deep dive and you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's... All right. No more cobblers without shoes. We nope. can't be those people. Okay. All right, start marketers. I don't know. I I enjoyed this conversation. I love doing these kinds of things. If you enjoy listening, I would love to hear your feedback on these coaching sessions. And if you want to be in the hot seat, there is an opportunity for you to join the Start Marketing Podcast in the hot seat by becoming part of the Start Marketing community. If you go to getauthenticbranding.com slash startmarketing, you can join the community. It is $35 a month and members get the opportunity to be here in the hot seat and get free coaching. And who doesn't like some free coaching? So I hope to see you there and I hope you enjoyed this and it inspires you to get out there and start marketing. Until next time.